So we're hearing here a very wonderful message. This is a very life-giving message to all of us, how the soul requires a deeper connection with the absolute truth in order to get real happiness. A lot of times uh, you can mute your phone until you'd like to speak because that way we won't get any background. If, that, if, the, if you're okay with that, for anyone on the call. And um, <coughs> this is the most important knowledge. This is the knowledge, the wisdom. It's like the final piece of the puzzle, if you will, in life, where you work so hard and we extend a lot of energy. We really try to cover our bases. We try to do everything right. But still, things just don't always turn out the right way. And, and the idea is that eventually we'll learn from that experience. The learning is that, yes, ultimately, no matter how hard I try, no matter how much work I put in, things don't add up here. There's always some unexpected, inevitable, unpleasant, uncomfortable thing that's going to happen. And if we haven't realized that, then it's going to come. Even towards the end of life, you know, trust me, when people get old, they realize this body that they thought was their self, which they used, you know, for everything, now it's like breaking down. Suddenly the arm's not working anymore. And then a loved one leaves, dies, so to speak. Someone, someone, a dear one, there's a death. People are like starting to really see through the illusion. And, and the idea is to make us really buckle down and think, what is going on here? You know, why am I, what, what is this place, actually? So, the Vedas then begin from that point, that now that you've asked that very deep question, here's the answers. And here's the keys which is going to unlock the mystery. And as we have before us here, the Bhagavad Gita is like a great revelation of the, the, the very scientific, detailed, and clear path if you're treading through the woods, you know, I used to hike a lot. I hiked some of the Appalachian Trail, some of you know. Sometimes I would be out in nature for six months at a stretch. And it's important that you have a clearly defined path. If the path is overgrown or it's unclear where it is, you can easily get lost. And in the woods, if you get lost, you might be in trouble, you know. You don't have service you don't have much water. So how much similarly in spiritual life? So many ideas are there. It seems like a path, but where is it really going to take you? Personally, I've been doing a lot of research about this, and I'm finding how more and more paths, they just are not really enough to guide one to the deeper levels of spiritual understanding. They're really A lot of them are really overgrown. Some of them are even dangerous. They can take you in a completely wrong direction. So we want to have a very clear path. It's cleared away. That shrub, that brush is cleared. The path is clear. So you can actually achieve the goal of your whole spiritual quest. So then Bhagavad Gita is giving that to us. And it's going to guide us to really, as we said, realize our own self and the nature, the transcendent nature of the Absolute Truth. In the Vedas, the Absolute Truth is called Brahman. And 
one definition of God is that from which everything emanates. This is a very sublime definition. That from which everything emanates, that's God. So the Bhagavad Gita is a very clear, transparent path which can guide us and lead us step by step to understanding the nature of that absolute truth. Um, and, you know, some people, some people may even wonder, is there an absolute truth? Is there a higher reality? How can you be so sure? You're saying there's a path, you're saying not only it exists, but there's a clear path. How do you know about all this? Well, what we're hearing here is that by pious behavior, that the way that one actually acts in life, it either it either uncovers them or it covers them, their consciousness. So here's a deep point that knowledge about reality depends on purification. Purity is something we can all relate to. You know, we have moments where we're feeling, yes, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm acting more purely. This feels good. It feels right. It feels moral. I'm feeling uplifted by acting in this way. And on the other hand, when we do things that we know are maybe wrong or destructive or harmful, we're feeling worse inside. So that it, we have our own compass in our heart. The problem is that our society has really shut us off from that. But you can be guided from within. Actually, the whole process of spiritual life is really just fine-tuning your consciousness to hear that inner guide, that inner voice. They call it the higher self, intuition, the conscience. In the Vedas, in the Bhagavad Gita, it's explained as the super soul. The Supreme Being situated in the heart of every living entity. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, I'm seated in the heart. I'm guiding the wandering of all living entities who are situated on the material energy like a machine. This material energy, this body is like a machine. And Krishna says, I'm within the heart of everyone. So... We have that access. We have to just learn the science how to avail ourselves to that supreme resource, actually. And then what happens is that certain resources become available to help us go deeper in that journey. Mystically, certain things come into our life at the right time, the right place, which help facilitate us in our journey, that we could not have made those arrangements ourselves. It was beyond our power, beyond our control. But what's happened is that we've started to say yes to that voice. And then more we can receive more because we're open. But as we said, if we're not open, then the conscious becomes more covered to such a degree that then one even questions, is there anything higher? Is there anything more? Now here's my point. You go out into the field on a cloudless night when you're miles away from any big city. Here's all you have to do. Raise your head up. Raise your neck up. Look at the millions and billions of stars in the sky. That itself is a very deep spiritual experience, that if the consciousness is uncovered, 
This is like a lightning bolt. It's like a revelation. Like, oh my God, look at this amazing creation that I'm a part of. There's some much deeper... I, I didn't do that. I, I'm not behind... I, I don't remember yesterday or the day before, you know, putting up a universe or a galaxy or engineering all these stars, the photons, the, the gases, how they all... So... This is a very, the Gita will teach us how we can see life, we can be connected with that divine all the time. But it depends on this purification of the consciousness of the heart and the mind becoming cleared from that covering nature. So, this text, 16, 16 is mentioning how there's four kind of people, individuals, who then approach Krishna. They approach the nature of the Absolute. They want to learn more. But it says that they're Sukriti. They've already practiced some type of spiritual or religious path to be able to approach God. It's so important for our society, for the real benefit of living beings, which are all madly seeking happiness. It's like literally a, you know, a gold rush, but the gold is happiness and everyone's rushing for it. But they don't know how to get it. Sometimes they look in all the wrong places and they do all the wrong things. The real method here is to actually go inward. Then you're not going to have any resource problem. You're not going to have any lackage of fuel or oil, you know. You don't need stuff out there. What you need is a deep con inner connection. That's all you need. That's all we need. We don't need anything else. If that is so strong, nothing can break that. And that goes beyond even this one lifetime. But just another point is that one thing that Srila Prabhupada, the author of these books, would mention is how p the main defect of our modern civilizations that people don't know that this life is simply a preparation for the next. Now, if you don't know that there's a future life after this brief lifespan, then you're going to be totally cut off from all of this spiritual opportunity. And that, unfortunately, is what, you know, seems to be going on, is that we're not thinking about the future life. In India, where this knowledge is geographically manifested people Prabhupada says even a common villager understands about reincarnation and the future that this is one life so therefore you're preparing your life is preparing for the future just like right now what are we doing with our life we're preparing for the future we have some hopes some desires some aspirations so we're getting ready for that so, step back a little more, this one small, sh brief lifespan, you know, when you have a little broader perspective, it's a very brief lifespan, it's simply a preparation for the next life, the future. So, if one is aware of that, then they're going to live their life in a very different way than if there's, this is it, there's nothing after this, quick, just enjoy yourself as much as you can. And people kind of get lost in that cycle, that subtle consciousness of fear. It's based in fear. It's a survival mode, survival instinct. And if there's no backing of higher knowledge, 
then it's a very fearful existence and therefore it's a very cutthroat existence but again if this basic principle that people understand okay I need to progressively evolve myself there's an ultimate goal so there is reincarnation but ultimately one reaches a certain point of that evolution of consciousness through many lifetimes where they become actually qualified to understand the nature of the absolute truth, the supreme being. That is more or less the end of the cycle because then one gets the key, they get access to enter into the higher realm of pure consciousness. So our consciousness is still impure, so we're going through this, this cycle here. And these four individuals are mentioned here. Distressed, desire of wealth, the inquisitive, and one who's searching for knowledge of the absolute truth. So people who become a little purified, they generally begin to approach God for some reason. I'm really suffering like anything. You know, sometimes that suffering really w opens our eyes. We call out to God. Or we really need something like, you know, we're in a lot of trouble. We need, God, please help me. It just comes out. Or inquisitive. They're actually philosophically trying to understand who am I or who, what, is, what is the self? What is the nature of this world? What is the nature of reality? Is there some origin? They become inquisitive. And it says somewhere, sometimes searching after knowledge of the absolute truth. You know, some people like to really study religions. They really want to understand, like, what is the, 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 the unifying themes here? What is the, what is the nature of this absolute truth? So these people begin their, uh, what we call devotional service, or their bhakti. Now, there's some desire because they want to get something. They want that money, they want their problems to go away, they want to get the information, they want to get the knowledge, and that for them is what their motivation was. But the point here is that when they come in contact with someone who's completely on the pure level of consciousness, they can also rise to that level. They can also transcend those initial motivations that, that cause them to step forward on the path. And by the association of some very special souls they can also rise to that transcendental position. And Prabhupada says, this is the purpose of this International Society for Christian Consciousness. We want to give everyone to come and get the association, get the opportunity to associate with such people, such persons. So it's a great, great opportunity we all have. All right.